Hello and welcome to Gearway Quest episode 309. Wait, is 309 the one we're on now or was it the last one? We did like 308 is the most recently put. 309. I'm your host, Mike Apps, aka Wheels, and with me as always. Oh, suffering at the hands welcome, of my co-host, Welcome David back from vacation, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> what a welcome. What a go fuck yourself. Wow. And long suffering uh, inspiration, uh, your manager pen, Michael Baker, Gaiji Minogatari. And, uh, and guest host. Guest. Special guest. I, I'm the Barbara Walters of Q&A Quest. I can be on the show whenever I want. This hey. is Smokin' Joe Gamer, nice. a.k.a. Joe Hanley, a.k.a. Joey Jojo Jr. Chabadoo. That's the so worst name I've ever heard. <laughs> Oh, that joke uh, doesn't get old for me. It, it never <laughs> does. It just doesn't. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is Lordy, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Ah. Uh, uh, JoJo Jr.'s Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> World's not ready for it. World's not ready for it. Is the world uh, ever ready for another JoJo? I mean, JoJo Land just started like two months ago, so... Oh my god, Pew is making fun of me for fucking up the episode number. Yeah, and now you have to leave that in. Yeah, deserve it. Deserve it. I asked and I still fucked it up. I didn't deserve that. No, I deserved it. Oh no, I left the treasure. Fuck. Okay, that's... Okay, it looks like we're only streaming on Ask Wheels tonight. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll keep track of that. Okay. It's yes, been uh, two weeks since last we convened. Yes, uh, apologies for anyone that normally watches on RB Gamer. I just uh, got going a bit late and couldn't wrangle the other piece of software I use to stream on RB Gamer tonight. So well, we'll figure so it out for next week. I'm getting ads for the most just disgusting food combinations imaginable. No, you're not getting ads for Marathon? Coming soon to no, your I've... PlayStation, Xbox, and uh, PC. I think they realized that it's a lost cause to try to convince yes. me to play an extraction shooter. Oh, yes. From the creators of Halo, Destiny, and Marathon comes Marathon. Whenever I try to understand what an extraction shooter is, like someone says it's like Tarkov, and I'm like, oh, that sounds fucking dreadful. I mean, yes, Tarkov is fucking stupid, but Tarkov with weird-ass sci-fi, now you've got me. No, I don't feel like that's enough. It's you enough know, for there's me. a way to get rid of ads, right? What's yeah, that? there's a way, but I'm not willing to pay for that. <laughs> oh, it's Fireminer. Yes, Fireminer. If you, you're getting an ad for the multiverse Spider-Man movie... Across the Spider-Verse. How many people even play the original Marathon Fireminer? I feel like I'm being fucking personally attacked right now, along with everyone in the back gaming community. <laughs> all twelve, I mean, all twelve of us. Yeah, that's that's maybe seven people. <laughs> but uh, it's it's worth noting that Alf One has existed as a freeware way to play Marathon for nearly twenty years at this stage. Yeah, so, like people with no money, such as myself, have also played Marathon. Yeah. Uh, I had a. I mean, I had uh, a period where I played some of that. I mean, listen, listen. Okay, fanboys, right? This is probably just slapping an 
old franchise onto something generic and boring. But I don't fucking care. And you know what? This at least in part to hurt you. Yes. But in, and you know why I don't fucking care? Because Marathon is cool, and I would like to see it used for something instead of just sitting and. I would like to sitting see it used doing for nothing. Good. Maybe Marathon it will be good. Video. I don't know. I just like Marathon was like a really strange uh, product that, and this does not look like a strange product, and that's depressing. It looks weird it's like to me. Fucking, it's like if fucking Pathways into Darkness came back and it was Fortnite. I mean, I would fucking play. I, I'm I not. Know you would because you're broken. I'm not broken. I like Fortnite, and Fortnite is best when it's fucking weird. The thing is that, like, Pathways into Darkness, like the things that make Marathon. Uh, interesting to me are the same things that make like Pathways in Darkness interesting to me which is to say like oh that's a weird ass game because it's made by people who are not trying to make any specific kind of game and are stumbling into making a very strange kind of game Pathways in the Darkness is like this weird unholy combination of an adventure game, a first person dungeon crawl and a first person shooter so like producing something even if it was a weird battle royale it would still be oh this is yeah. not made with the spirit of madness okay. <laughs> okay so let, let's go let me let's let me tell you exactly why i'm excited for this some something like this okay you know okay. i haven't actually played an extraction shooter maybe i'll fucking hate it i don't know but it's gonna be mean to you I but <laughs> if you're going to pitch if you're going to pitch a, the kind of game where oh you go in you sneak around you get some loot and you battle other players i'm much more excited if I'm going into some weird ass fucking abandoned sci-fi colony in the marathon universe where, you know, who knows, they'll maybe have to deal with some rogue fucking AIs. That sounds awesome. Whatever the fuck Tarkov is, is boring as shit to me. Okay. Let's see. It's how me and Wales argue. It's very, it's yeah. very depressing because I'm very mean. Yes. Um, yeah, the, God damn it, Pew! Stop. <laughs> um. So like. Okay. Uh, I, I I I'm I'm a realistic person here. I understand that they're not going to take the marathon universe and make a compelling single player first person shooter with it. It's or even a slightly single player first person shooter. It's not like going to happen. So. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to take this and see if it's interesting. Maybe it won't be. I don't know. But I'm willing to give it a shot, and I'm excited that something's going to be done with that franchise again. And hopefully, it'll be cool. Maybe not. Yeah. My my personal thought would just be like, if you're going to make something that feels this disconnected, like spread your wings and make a new universe again. It's been you know, like 10 years since Destiny, and that one was already, like, having to recreate itself uh, essentially from scratch after it came out. Now's the time. Do it again. Aren't they working on something else as well? Presumably, but not something that's coming out until, like, 2026, so who knows? It might disappear like many of their projects have in the past. We'll see. Mega Um, Man mentions Hyperscape. Isn't that, like, super, super dead? I don't know what that is. Wasn't that Ubisoft's Battle Royale? Oh, lordy, I forgot about that. Yeah. 
Uh, Fireman I'm is... seeing this referred to uh, by Wikipedia as was a free-to-play first-person yes, shooter. It's so actually it dead. Gone. No, yeah, it's dead. Uh, Fireman oh, asks... So... Hold on, hold on. Let me let me get to this okay. Fireman question. Is Fireman asks, is Bungie being pigeonholed by Sony? Because everything I heard after Halo Reach came out was that Bungie devs were tired of FPS. Why don't Western devs do a bit of everything like their Japanese counterparts? I mean, this game has to have been in progress since before the. I'd suspect that this game probably at least started development like three or so years ago at the yeah. very earliest, or at the very latest. Uh, I, I do think that based on what we've heard, Sony bought them because they had expertise in live service games, and Sony is trying to get into those in a big way. Because I believe the claims are that they're in some capacity overseeing their other live service games. And what we've heard is that they're trying to do a live service Last of Us and a live service Horizon and like five million live service games. I don't know who they think the player base for these is going to be. I don't think they've read the writing on the wall either. They, that, like, no, that they bubble are too is full bursting. On this. That bubble say, is bursting oh, everywhere. My. Assumption would be, I, I would hope that not that they're not stupid enough to think that they can sustain all of these. My hope would be that they at least that their that their best hope is that they think one of them will succeed, and that might be possible. Yeah, it's depressing because it's a really, really wasteful way to go about making money because it's going to absolutely burn goodwill for a ton of these franchises that they are going to absolutely like obliterate in their pursuit of this but that would at least be realistic mm -hmm. if they think that they're going to have like oh we're going to have like 10 ongoing live service games and they're going to be hugely successful i remind i would like to remind them of the time that they had one ongoing live service game and then tried to make two sequels to it and cratered all three of them <laughs> you do you want to do you want to take a guess at what i'm referring to <laughs> what uh, well. the still ongoing everquest franchise oh god oh that still exists. Oh, Joe, yeah, yeah. There, you can. Joe, is this the question you were going to ask, and you just typed it in chat? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Yes. Go, go ahead. Ask your question. You can do it by no, voice. Is Rainbow Six Siege an extraction shooter, and no. who even plays it anyway? No, it's not, and I think it has a pretty stable community at this point. Yeah, actually. no, that actually, that's probably one of the things that's keeping Ubisoft solvent yeah. at this stage. Okay. Uh, no, that actually, I remember that had like a disastrous launch that it actually they recovered from hammering it. yeah that's what keeps some of these alive it's like yeah. there's these handful of stories where it's like this launched and it did just garbage numbers yeah. and then they somehow pulled out of the tailspin yeah but no that's not an extraction shooter from what i understand and again i have not played tarkov i have strike <laughs> i have played i have played a beta of like a Dungeons and Dragons ish type game like that, but I guess the premise essentially is it's like a battle royale, except your loot is persistent. So like you'll you can go in and get loot, and then oh, essentially yeah. extract with the loot oh, and continue on with that. Something along those lines. Okay, uh, so so I immediately uh, went after wheels for really no reason. So let's uh, let's get back onto happier notes we'll yes. get back to this and talk a bit about what we've been playing because we know what at least a few of us have yes. been playing. <laughs> well before that fireminer says um remember to moderate your fanboying spider-man 2 impossible sorry 
It's not going to happen. Don't worry. I will hit him with a hammer. And I won't care. I will still. And, you know, I, it will be moderated a little bit because, you know, I still don't care for Craven. Not it's fine. He's <laughs> moderated by other villains. Yes. Yeah, I guess. It's not not my favorite Spider-Man villain. Craven the, you, you're going to get all the Craven the Hunter you could possibly want. Yeah, I see that. that. The Craven the Hunter movie that's coming. <laughs> yes, I see that. But <laughs> hey, we we got Lizard in there. We got we definitely got Venom. I mean, they've already sh- got a shown lot of Venom. Venom. They've already got shown Venom, so we're going to do the whole black suit saga thing. And I'm still hoping for some Goblin, so we'll see. And they could probably like that's already kind of a stacked lineup. I would honestly, yeah. if I were them, I would maybe save the Goblin for three, but maybe. But I feel like there's going to be some like they did with the first game, and there's going to be some other villain they don't show in any trailers or anything that's going to show up in the second act. Showing the first game, they were like, "It's Mr. Negative's game," and it's like no one wanted that, and that's why it turns out that it's not Mr. Negative's game. No. He's just in there. <laughs> I liked Mr. Negative though. He was good. But yeah, he shouldn't I have liked been the him, big but bad. There was, but like, I, I liked him, but it's just like Mr. Negative's not a draw. No. Or uh, the spot. <laughs> put in the big wheel. I like the, I like mm-hmm. the spot. <laughs> Wheels put in the big wheel. Is that a real villain? Yeah, there's a Spider Man villain called the Big Wheel. Oh my god. His name is Jackson Wheel. Uh, I have to Google this one. You know, just, you know what we need? Just a gangster inside of a wheel made out of guns, basically. Well, if we're gonna go with, with weird stuff <laughs> like that, you know, uh, let's let's just let's just bring in some of the weirder Spider Verse characters. I want a Spider Rex game, where Spider Rex in some game, Spider Ham, of course. Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider Ham. Yes, I was just or reading. Just read the end of Spider-Verse storyline this week, which is entertaining. (laughs) Which is, in case anyone's wondering, it's not the actual end of the Spider-Verse, just the name of the storyline. Yeah, they would would not be uh, bringing an end to that, uh, even uh, temporarily in a comic, right before a movie comes out. There's also some storyline, some Venomverse storyline going on now. There's a trend where they tend to kill off a character um, like six months before they're in a movie just so they can bring them back triumphantly in the comics. Remember that time they named uh, named a comic book arc Maximum Clonage? Oh, God. Uh, It was back in the 90s? (laughs) No! Oh? No, Maximum Clonage was a somewhat more recent, uh, like reference to the '90s, like plot lines of the Clone Saga and Maximum Carnage. I think comic books are bad, maybe. Um, so moving on. Uh, so, how does everyone feel about Tears of the Kingdom? Uh, well, I've... I've been watching funny footage of people doing homebrew hovercrafts and death machines and at least one torture electric torture cage. Yeah, I've, I've seen several Koroks nailed to a cross. I've seen... Uh, I've seen someone... a rocket penis. <laughs> oh, I've seen a lot of those. <laughs> uh, I've seen at least a few... Uh, like attempts to recreate transforming robots that work better than they should. 
um, a lot more freeform than I would have expected. From they, uh, they there's some heroic programming going on in this game. Yeah. It's it often mildly. feels like a physics simulator. Physics simulators crossed with the weirdest Minecraft spin-off you could imagine. Yeah. You just put things together, and for the most part, they work like you'd expect them to, which is terrifying. <laughs> so, I don't know about you, but when I find a poor little Korok who just wants to go get to his buddy, I help him. And yes, then he gives I me do. the seeds. And then I trade the seeds to expand my inventory. What is all this torture, the, those poor little critters? I've seen a lot of people making like truly deranged torture devices for Koroks. I don't fully understand why. Those people are sociopaths. Just a little bit, a little bit. But yeah, I think... Me, Wheels, and... Oh, you're, you're trying to get the band back together to wake up the fairies. Great job. That's a good quest line that has excellent rewards. I need good armor. I am yes. dying a lot. I'm dying, Squirtle. Yes. I think me, Wheels, and Joe have all been playing a fair amount of this in different places. Uh, yeah. So I did the Fire Temple first. And then I just did this whole thing. I woke up two of the fairies to upgrade some gear. And then I was exploring underneath Hyrule Castle. When you you go back to that first town and you go down down below and the, the cleaning lady with the broom, she accidentally punches a hole in the wall when she's cleaning. And you can explore the tunnels under there. And that's where you can get the soldier's armor set, which is the one Ooh. with the higher defense. But you need Mocoblin Guts to upgrade it, and I sold all of those because they're lucrative and I needed money to buy other things, and now I'm trying to farm more Mocoblins to get more Guts. Morbid. Yes. I need their Guts. What can I say? You're huge, so that means you have huge Guts. Um, Sorry. So as we've all stated, we're dying a lot, and we are trying to get our defense up and it's like i've noticed that compared to like breath of the wild it seems like there's like you have more offensive capabilities than before which is great but it also feels like they're screwing us on defense like i'm just dying yeah. and dying and dying well the thing about it is i have not messed around a lot with crafting shields so I feel like there's probably a lot more I could be doing there that I'm not. I'm just not. You can get some really fucking stupid shields. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still appreciate that one. One of the first good way. Uh, one of the first ones that I just found on something was one that like a zone I had that just had like a fucking spring attached to it. So every time something attacks, it goes flying. So bad. It's it's kind of the that's kind of the very tip of the iceberg for that. One of the first uh one of the first fucking uh trines that I found was one that's like, Hey, we're just making it clear so that you know you can absolutely attach a rocket to a shield and get up to some really stupid uh decisions. Okay. Well, I put a fire emitter thing on a shield and then so when you hold block it just turns into a flamethrower yeah that's pretty strong yeah 
And then you can attach a cannon to a weapon, so every time you swing it, it shoots a giant exploding cannonball. But make sure you don't blow yourself up. I like you can have all these like these weapons that are in shields and shit that have like all sorts of like interesting ingenuity behind them. And then you also have the option of just being a complete troglodyte and being like, oh, I attached a sword to another sword, so now I have a longer, stronger sword. <laughs> yeah, I have gotten more creative in, in the hours I've spent with it, just combining monster parts with wooden sticks and getting actual like weapons and not just the sword sword. You would want. The stick stick, yeah. And seriously, how, we how are you... this is a lot like that conversation you, you... we had in Q&A Quest in the print <laughs> format a long time ago. Yes. <laughs> You need to put the wheels what? on there, and and you attach. Oh god, the... no horse! Just fucking, I had to brought out my worst fucking horse for this. Apparently, but you're supposed it's to get like the, the other side. What are you here? doing? What? I, dude, this is working. I don't need more wheels. I got I got two. What do I need more but wheels the, for? The, the horse is supposed to be on the other side. It feels what? extremely fucked up that Wheels is the one arguing against more Wheels. Look, I know. Is this, <laughs> is this not carrying my passengers to the Great Fairy as the quest dictates? Okay, so this is... so Yeah, we're all having a good time. I'm not yeah. ready to render final judgment about yeah. how I feel it compares to Breath of the Wild. Uh, we'll get to more of this, but we actually have a lot of things that have happened over the past week. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but uh, I love the game so far. We'll see yeah, what it is. Very, in the very end, good. But, yeah, it does not matter how it compares to the Breath of the Wild. It's very, yeah. very good. It's. Um, yeah, I hate to bring up this comparison again, but um, you know, Phil and I had lots of arguments over which was better back in the day: Breath of the Wild or Horizon Zero Dawn. And it brings me great pleasure to point out how much better Breath of the Wild sequel is than. Tears of the King, or not Tears, Horizon Zero's Dawn's extremely disappointing follow-up. So it's it's much more staid follow-up. Yes, know. like even even if you really love Forbidden Forbidden West, it is a much more traditional sequel than what's going on with yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. That's uh, true. I mean, my opinion is that Breath of the Wild is absolutely the better game, and. Forbidden West does improve on Zero Dawn in many ways, but um, it was kind of a slog to get through the story for me. Um, the ending does leave some room for some cool stuff to happen further down the line, but I bought the expansion, played it for about an hour or two, and haven't touched it since. So, mm. there was that. Yeah. But uh yeah, we'll we'll definitely be discussing Tears of the Kingdom plenty more in the coming weeks. Yes. So let's we talk about Sony stuff. Well, I was gonna say we need to touch on what else we've been playing. Oh yes. Uh, yeah. Can I talk about something else I've I've been playing? Um, go ahead. Um it's either Signalist or Signalis, Signalis. I've always um, heard Signalis, but I've never heard anyone within a position of authority say its name, so Right, and only two people made it, which is impressive. And I've never heard them say it, and they're German, so they'd probably <laughs> say it in German. Anyways, um, so that's a game that, it's an indie game, came out last year, it was on, it's still on Game Pass. And I started it back in like December, just as a kind of a holiday buying guide type thing, like let me try out some games and see what's actually good. But I just beat it today, 
And so it's this really cool 90s throwback to Resident Evil, Silent Hill. Um, it also kind of reminds me of, like, Ghost in the Shell, Neon Genesis Evangelion, you know, other kind of Japanese anime stuff. And no, so it's a really cool survival horror game with, like, PS1-style graphics, but, like, man, it just, like, it's it's creepy, it's disturbing, it can be difficult, but, like... There's like four different endings and it's it's wild. So I just beat it today and it it, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's more than I've heard about what it actually is. So I might have to look into that now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and there's uh, like, I like I I found like a piece of paper that had like an H.P. Lovecraft quote on it, you know, which I thought was neat. And th there's all these little references like that, and you have like this radio, and then you have to tune into different frequencies to solve puzzles and. And it's not like like some of the safe combinations and stuff. Sometimes it's like Resident Evil. You just look at your documents and it's right there. They basically blatantly tell yeah, you. Yeah, it's it's in there if you've been reading. <laughs> but then there's other puzzles where it's like, oh, I really have to think about this. I really have to go through multiple documents and there's like Piece a some shit together. Yeah, and it's so you know. So towards the end of the game, there were a few times where I got impatient and just kind of looked things up online, but. Um, no, it, it does. It makes you think, and um, I don't want to give away too much, but yeah, it's it's pretty pretty neat, and there's a lot of creepy stuff going on. And um, the ending I got, I guess, is what happens when you have a balanced play style, and you kind of play it like as if you were playing an old game so it's like i killed a lot of enemies and used a lot of healing items but it also it didn't take me that long to beat it and i did conserve ammo when possible and i don't know so yeah the, the endings are based on your play style not just how fast you beat it or not just oh did you save this person did you save that person it's not really like that it's mm. it takes your entire play style into account every statistic inspiration from the in water ending of silent hill 2 yeah. Whereas Silent Hill 2, I tried to play multiple times and just couldn't get into for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you are keenly aware of what the in-water ending is. No, not at all. The in-water ending is the ending that you get in Silent Hill 2 if you play it like a survival horror game player. Okay. Uh, which is to say uh, you aren't constantly trying to keep yourself uh, topped off in terms of health. And right. aren't like the game interprets that as James not caring about his own well being, and that causes you to get an ending where he kills himself. Oh, okay, so that's probably where they got inspiration from, then. Okay, yeah, because it, it that's one of the factors is okay, how much time did you spend at critical health? And mm. you know, um, so I, know, I played kind of aggressively, but I did avoid combat in some situations. And wouldn't stay at low health because only died a couple times so yeah mm -hmm. but I wouldn't say that I was necessarily rewarded or anything like that it's just mm -hmm. um, you got an ending consonant with that yeah. so it was pretty neat um, mm -hmm. and it's it's a decent length yeah it's about the same length as what you know the the original Resident Evils took me like on a first try, so mm. uh, yeah. So I was I saw so, yeah I beat that. Um, 
And other than that, I haven't... It's mainly just been Zelda, honestly, for the past week or so. Like, ever since Zelda came out, that's been taking up most of my time. And and then Signalus, and... Um, that's... Yeah. That's pretty much it. Oh, and, uh, and, and then stuff I've been mm-hmm. playing for my, my own stream. So I did play... Um, Castlevania Aria of Sorrow for the first time. I streamed that twice, and then I didn't feel like playing anymore. I didn't actually Uh, like it that much. Um, So I'm still doing Metroidvania, and though, so I don't know if you caught it, I I think it was last night I did Record of Lotus War, Deedlit, and Wonder Labyrinth. I started that. It's a pretty good game. And I saved a clip that I shared, and it's... um, I have a phobia, and you'll see if you watch the clip, there's a particular enemy that pops up and scared the shit out of me. So Spiders? Spider. Is it spiders? 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 Is it spiders? Creepy crawling. So, so here's gross. the thing. I, I'm just talking about this gory, graphic, violent, scary survival horror game, and I, and I loved it, and then I play, you know, a pretty basic Metroidvania, and I'm like, Freaking out because there was a centipede on my screen. Hey, phobias are weird, man. Yeah, there's not much you can do about them. They're not. They wouldn't be phobias if they were rational. You're right. I know. So, okay. Who's next? Uh, I'll quickly run down. I've been playing Tears of the Kingdom and a little bit of Cold Steel. Uh, I'm gonna see if I can maybe finish that first one over the long weekend. Just put wheels even more to shame. I am here to hurt you. Uh, but yeah, I'm given to understand we also have been playing nothing but Tears of the Kingdom and his usual bevy of uh, live service first person and third person. Yes, let me talk about that briefly. Mm-hmm. New season Destiny. Um, they're continuing what they're doing last season and revamping some of the loot from an older raid which means that lots of people are now playing it which is cool because i finally got to learn the one uh raid i haven't played all the way through in that's still in the game because there are several that are now gone that i never got to play so uh, oh, Pew remind me. Also, Kate, they had a, during the Sony thing, they had a teaser for the expand Destiny 2 expansion coming out next year, which included Kate 6, Back to Life, complete with so Nathan, Nathan Filling. Yes. Okay, yes, he posted some Instagram story about it, too. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that was one of those things where it's like, they, he seems like maybe the most popular thing that they have. Yeah. Uh, entire game so it would be weird to keep him dead yeah so that's great to see and honestly feels very great after the death of Lance Reddick and I know this has definitely been in the works for a while but it's just it came at the right time yeah it it definitely came at the right time so uh, I'm excited for that they teased uh, their normal summer thing where they're going to reveal about the more info about the expansion next summer, which by all accounts is going to be huge. So we'll see what comes of that. Uh, Fortnite has new Spider-Man skins. Yay. Uh, but yes, lots, lots of tears of the kingdom. And I've been thinking a lot about this and the Zelda series in general. Um, and I think the game I 
that keeps coming to mind is Link Between Worlds. Mm-hmm. That was a neat game. Bring that yes. back so that people can play it again. That's a great game, and I feel like this is um, somewhat similar to that because it's doing uh, kind of a similar thing where let's it's you still got the base Take map, world map, and rethink it. Yes, uh, obviously this is uh, substantially more changes than Link Between Worlds, but that's. I mean, that game in general is kind of where a lot of Breath of the Wild seemed to originate in, because that's the game oh, definitely. that kind of broke <laughs> broke open the formula. Yeah. And, you know, I, lo- I know a lot of people f- come into Breath of the Wild and probably this and feel like, you know, it's something different and it, a lot of what old Zelda was is gone, and playing a lot of this and doing a lot of the puzzles... I'm actually starting to disagree. I think and reshuffled. Yes, it's just a lot of the great puzzle elements that Zelda's always have are still here, uh, maybe not presented in the exact same dungeon structure you're used to. But that's a good thing in a lot of ways because it's it's broken free of the the rut they were in and i know i'm one of the biggest skyward sword defenders here but the whole go to a dungeon get that dungeon's item and then there's a bunch of puzzles around that item formula had gotten really stale um and the way they've broken free from it i think is great because you get a bunch of tools pretty much at the beginning of the game and then there's a bunch of different ways to solve the puzzles in the game and puzzles may not be things like how do i get this door open it could just be how do i fight this monster or how do i get up this mountain or how do i get to that flying island lots of things like that and i'm seeing this a lot more as not a reinvention of zelda but it's simply an evolution of what the series was doing to begin with and it's it's made me like this game even more so I feel yeah. like the other thing I would say is that even if that's even if you do feel like it's not the Zelda that you want, I think it's a little silly to assume that we'll never see the older style of Zelda again. Oh, that for sure. What do you you gotta parry with your yeah. shield? Uh, yeah. Uh, and just quickly to check in, what have you been playing, Gaijin? I'm pretty much the same thing. Um, <laughs> Just because I'm doing lots of writing and typing, and the game is basically whenever I need to escape into the laundry room for a while. That makes sense. So, um, I am nearing the end of Ryza 3. Mm-hmm. It's some callbacks to previous games. Again, nice. It's nice, and the plot seems to be moving along, but I'm also doing every single side quest along the way. So, <laughs> I'm just having fun with that. Okay. I also hit the I also hit the level cap at least five hours ago. <laughs> oh, oh, Marty. Yeah. So, anything that's a challenge now is really a challenge. <laughs> That'll put your alchemy to the test, I suppose. Just remind me that I really do need to upgrade my weapons sometime. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think. 
I think that covers everything that we've all been playing. So, uh, a bunch of news sort of dropped over the past few days, week. Yeah. Uh, they did, there was a bunch of preview drops on uh, FF16. The game still looks like booty. Um, let's see. Uh, I think I, of I, um, Dragon's Dogma Two. That looks pretty cool. I oh think. yeah, we'll be we'll be getting to that when we start talking about the PlayStation Showcase. Oh okay. Uh, We're talking about other things. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they they did a bunch of they dropped a bunch of previews. Uh, I was genuinely like irrationally upset to see people talking about that game and saying that it is uh, brave or bold to do this, to, to make a Final Fantasy like this when it is among the most derivative directions they've ever done with with the franchise. Like, it's <laughs> not derivative of RPGs, it's derivative of shit like God of War, which they keep talking about as their primary inspiration. Oh, and it's like that's not necessarily a bad thing per se. I mean, it's not what I want, but it is one of those things where it's like it does make me like calling it a bravery invention feels ridiculous. But that's me getting that's me angry enough the blood. So I'll be done with that because I honestly no. don't care that much about the game. I'm gonna say a bravery invention would have been if Secret of Mana actually it was a Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, living the dream. Like like it was intended to be originally. Mm-hmm. Back before they decided that Mana was going to be its own franchise rather than like a FF spinoff. <laughs> but, yeah, I, th- I uh, thought it was more like this is an awesome concept, but we want to keep it to keep the main franchise turn based. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, like it. It seems like it's sort of bearing out every like every assumption you would draw from all of the marketing that they've done, which is to say uh, they apparently required that anyone who was going to have significant input on the direction of the game's uh, art or story had to sit down and watch Game of Thrones, which is Uh, hellish. Um, And the last uh, season... Uh, probably not that one. Especially the last season. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> and then also just like previews being like, yeah, party members kind of don't do anything in this. They're just sort of there to be there. Great. Wonderful. <laughs> so I, I don't know I'm how you so sustain... excited. I don't know I how you sustain that. Don't Make Rise Style Combat across a 50-hour RPG. I wish them luck. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, me. that's me being mean. I'll probably play it when it drops in price. Something I mean, I have it pre-ordered. I'm going to play day one because I'm a moron. Yeah, I ain't paying 70 bucks for that. I could be playing Legend of Heroes games. <laughs> but... Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy. I'm like a moth to the flame. Uh, well, I still do not have anything capable of playing it, so I don't care. Yeah, you get to be free. Okay. There you go. Free. Oh, yeah. So I, so I'm getting, I am getting the Atelier Marie remake in a month and a bit. Yeah, that'll be nice. fun. You can go from Atelier to Atelier. Uh, It'll only be the third version of this game that I've owned. Uh, uh, you were a little did, baby. One of the other versions was the cell phone remake. That, not, that's not, not available iOS. anymore. 
Not iOS, cell phone. Some Vodafone shit. Yes. Yeah, in order to do anything on that, you had to wait for it to send packets and retrieve packets. The tellish. Uh, yes. We should go through fo- Fireminer's questions in the chat, by the way. Yeah, that's a thing before we but Also, Carl's question on the comments. That too. Oh, yes. we did that. Uh, the the one that I the only one I can see is the one from three oh six, and we did that last uh, episode. Although we can uh, quickly run back uh, through it. Like, has it been on there then? Because wait a minute. Uh, that one's the one from three oh six. I haven't seen Never one for three oh eight or three oh seven. Okay. I saw his saw his name on recent comments, but he also commented on the RPG cast. Ah, uh, that explains it. So the movie my, question. My plan for June is I'm gonna I'm gonna get Street Fighter Six so we can play it on uh, Shenanigans and that's the important that, shit. Yeah. That has full crossplay on every platform, but I was just gonna do Steam because you know I got the new card and then I don't have to have gold or anything. I like got that. it. I'll on, do it on Steam and play it on the Steam Deck like an idiot. <laughs> I got it yeah. on PlayStation because I don't trust my computer to run the game well. I would not uh, trust your computer either. Yeah. It won't. Uh-huh. Um, so, but then, so that's the priority. Then maybe Final Fantasy 15, you know, 16. If I have 16, if I have more money, and then I'm gonna absolutely just skip over Diablo 4 for now because I was so disappointed with the beta, and that's another $70 game. It's like, nope. I mean, that's that's right a game now. that's going to be around and getting expansions for years, so you can probably right. afford to wait on that. Exactly, and then it'll probably fix all the bugs, and then you'll actually be able to connect to the server, you know, if, if you wait long mm-hmm. enough. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's going to uh, be a total shit show at launch, so... Yeah, oh, name cool. me the live service game that isn't. Exactly. But yeah, uh... To quickly uh, hit the questions from Fireminer. Fireminer's talking about some of those. Uh, Marvelous actually had a showcase where they announced a bunch of stuff, including two Rune Factory games. Oh, God, did I miss that? Was that today? Yeah, that was today. Shit. One of them was uh, Dragon, so, was Kingdom of the Dragon. What was the other one? Uh, it was Dragon, and then there's Rune Factory 6. The, they're separate games. Yeah, those are different games. Okay. Interesting. Okay, I uh, thought Dragon appears game. to be like a more Eastern-inspired one, and Rune Factory 6 seems to just be Rune Factory 6. <laughs> I would oh, have cool. assumed more Eastern-inspired by the kanji that was used for Dragon. Mm-hmm. That's probably an old-ass mm-hmm. one. <laughs> That's the thing. Um, Japanese has a, a set of kanji, uh, this one category of kanji, where they replaced an older version with a newer version, so you usually only see the older version in names and things that mm-hmm. were around back before they changed. And the, the kanji for dragon is the only case where both the old version and the new version are still in common use. Interesting. And, I mean, not not just in names, like some of the others are, but yeah. in actual common use. I'm pretty sure it's entirely due to somebody choosing old kanji for Eastern dragons and Dungeons and Dragons and the new newer kanji for Western dragons. <laughs> pretty sure that's the only reason why the old kanji for dragon has survived in common usage mm-hmm. it's, it's like easy but yet yeah, it uses the older kanji for dragon which means it is almost certainly an eastern styled dragon we're talking about yeah the the screens that i saw of it also made it look like they were very much going for like we're, we're doing rune factory but we're doing it with like a more east asia 
aesthetic as opposed to the more medieval Europe aesthetic that we're in fact typically favors. Sounds cool to me. Yeah, that's fun. They they announced like a bazillion things. Uh, there's Project Life is RPG. Okay. I don't know what that is. Uh. Um, sounds like a slow life game. Potentially, presumably some sort of isekai involved. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think they only announced the name and some concept art. There's a few that were like that. There's like Project Magus or something like that. They, yeah, a lot, a lot of, lot of stuff. Um, let's see. And uh, Damon X Machina 2. <gasps> Forget what it's called. Damon X Machina something or other. Uh, yes. Yes, I'm going to get a double dose of Armored Core is what you're telling me. Yeah, Damon X Machia, Machina Titanic Scion. Oh. So, yep, uh, people who have been living in Armored Core game, style game famine for years are eating again. Uh, Choke. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Harsh. Right. Uh, I mean, but, I mean, if you've been starving for too long, then the last thing you need is too much food to completely destroy your stomach. True mm. enough. True enough. Physically rupture your stomach. But yeah. Uh, so that that was that was kind of the big headline they closed on. They didn't say what most of these projects are for. I would imagine anything that they can make them work on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, dragon and uh, dra dragon certainly looked like something that looked like it could be a switch game that got scaled up to other things. I would suspect a lot of these will be. Um, but yeah, so marvelous uh, has has a pretty nice lineup lineup coming up. Oh, there is also a new story of seasons properly announced as well. Of course, as you'd expect. Uh, but yeah, no, the, the Marvelous is, is doing all their Marvelous things. Everything you would expect of a Marvelous. Um, that is, dare I say, Marvelous. Get out. Um, <laughs> Someone had to do it, come on. We didn't have to. We, in fact, did not have to. It's legally uh, required. It was not. Um, legally. But yeah, let's, let's quickly hit the... So Sony did a presentation... Uh, the the PlayStation Showcase. I don't know what's different between a PlayStation Showcase and a State of Play. Uh, I think theoretically, I think theoretically, it's supposed to be that like a PlayStation Showcase is a bigger deal, but this it was longer. But you know, it was. There are a lot of games not exclusive to PlayStation. I, I don't think that I've ever seen like I the the Xbox uh, social media team doesn't get to have a lot of wins nowadays, but uh, them following that by showing like twelve of the games that were announced and uh, just showing that they were coming to Game Pass uh, was I mean good on them. Mm. Uh, Microsoft did something after that. They they just they just tweeted out like an image that showed that like fifty percent of the 
games that had been announced at the uh, PlayStation Showcase would just be on Game Pass at the same time. Uh, Fire Rush is basically showcases what Sony would have shown at E3 had it not been dead. I don't think they were going to E3 regardless, but yeah, this would have been their E3 thing. Yeah, uh, as E3 presentations go, it was a very C-plus presentation. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest issue is mostly the anything that could have theoretically been surprising was something that had leaked long ago. Uh, people have known about the marathon uh, reboot since last year. The Metal Gear Solid 3 remake has been an open secret for like a year and a half. And the other issue is just that almost nothing... Uh, that was actually exclusive had any sort of footage at all. <laughs> Very like, like there were a couple things where they just showed like a logo and nothing else for a game that was not even part of a franchise. So it's like, okay, so you're making a game with that name. I don't know anything about it. You didn't say anything about it. Uh, I'm trying to remember what even some of those names were, because some of them, like... Uh, okay. Oh, let's look at the official PlayStation blog recapping the official PlayStation stream. Nice. PlayStation VR 2 has God, games and their games. But yeah. Um, Spent $550 on that peripheral. No. Uh, but yeah, there's some some other stuff like stuff that like might be fun to actually play maybe i remember like when i came in it was a few minutes in they were showing like a hell divers 2 trailer and i i was not capable of wanting to play another live service looking ass game and maybe it's not actually a live service game it just looked like one but slathered with this constantly winking mother king starship troopers pastiche i thought that was the starship troopers game so i was pretty surprised when it was <laughs> wait what like they were like they were biting the style of starship troopers really really hard but they weren't like starship troopers is not verhoven's best work but they like starship troopers run circles around whatever the fuck was going on with that writing um let's see we're we gonna talk about that stupid handheld thing. That's probably gonna. Stop. Do we have to? We'll get into it once we get through all these <laughs> goddamn video games. Okay. Um, so they they announced that they they announced a bunch of stuff that was just like uh, there's something called Phantom Blade Zero that got like some positive buzz. I it, as far as I can tell, it's a spinoff of a cell phone game. I I don't know what it where this object came I from. Thought I can't it find it. Cool. It looked neat. I was just like I couldn't tell I couldn't find anything about S Game Studio, who seems to be the ones that were making it. Uh and I I could not find just any 
indicate yeah the company seems to be called s game i couldn't find anything about them other than a previous phantom blade that was like a 2d thing for phones uh i couldn't find anything about them uh the game looked like what you would expect from a modern action game which means that it's sort of taking some character action and some uh open world and some dark souls and kind of combining it into a slurry and it looks fine uh, there's a lot of games that look like this, which is why I couldn't really work out much excitement. And that's, I guess, the other thing is that, like, when you show 36 games, but they're all kind of built in the same AAA mold, it gets kind of exhausting. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, that's dozens of games, and it's it's honestly hard to tell some of them apart. <laughs> mm. uh, which, which is a shame. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are pouring their hearts and souls into it, but god it, it just got exhausting after a while um let's see uh they did like uh you kind of saw the same thing with like they did a presentation on psvr2 games and all of them are like the, it was beat saber and then a procession of uh fuck around first person shooters and also, here's a VR mode for RE4 Remake, uh, which was the most exciting thing because it's RE4 Remake, but, uh, like, God, what was that thing? But, like, there was a thing, I was watching this with a friend, and it, it announced itself as something too. And the only thing I could say, like, the first thing out of my mouth was, if you told me that there was not a whatever this is one, I would believe you. <laughs> Because it was like, it was, it was the entire premise of the game was this idea of like, oh, it's a first person VR game where you can fuck around killing zombies. And it's like, I have been playing goofy zombie games for 17 years. (laughs) Arizona Sunshine? Yeah, I think it's Arizona Sunshine too. Yeah. And the trailer is just like fully convinced that you are, that you are still enamored of the idea of being able to just fuck around with zombies. <laughs> and the only thing that the trailer can show you as like, a, oh, look at what you can do. It's like using VR to like pick up a corpse's head and waggle its jaw. And it's just like, huh. I mean, like, it's it's just, that's not enough. Like I said, I've been playing goofy fuck around with zombie games for 17 years. The original Dead Rising is 17 years old. Oy, oy. I, I wow. don't... I don't... You need to do more than that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, when did the first Dead Rising game come out? 2006. June of, like, 2006. Because I could have sworn it was... Okay, what were... Somebody it's a very early 360 game. Something that was a yeah. zombie game that required track of so many zombies in the game that the xbox was going into sounds like it's about to explode mode yeah that's 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 dead rising one it was 2000 it was a like june 2006 xbox 360 game weird okay for, it's four it years is, than I thought it was weird it's it's an extremely and, and like you know that's hardly the first like goofy zombie game but it's like kind of the the base of this type and it's just it's just like no you need you have to be more than this you can't you can't just be this i'm sorry the time has passed <laughs> yeah 
Um, so yeah, uh, like the 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 VR segment was kind of dismal because it was like twenty minutes and it was five games and they were kind of all just that in some greater or lesser permutation. <laughs> I think Synapse, I think it's called, or that like that looked cool, but at the same time it's like, all right, it's like a roguelike futuristic first person shooter VR. It's like okay. That's the other kind of VR game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's it's that, and there are three kinds of VR. Uh, there are three kinds of VR games. They are games that were really novel in like 2007 when we had a lot of peripheral music game peripherals and uh, Wii mini game collections coming out, and those have names like Job Simulator and Beat Saber. There are uh, here's a first-person shooter, but more limited, and you can walk around a lot. And there's here's a first-person shooter, but it's full of neon. Yeah, and uh, when when like it really like you need other things you can't because if you're having a showcase that large and you're just pushing them out back to back to back it's like oh my god they're like you, there's not enough here uh, and then oh god uh, Fireminer brings up who wants to bet that Square Enix's next live service game won't last a year which I'm sure is a pointed dig at the just announced foam stars uh which is uh the platoon exact... ripoff it's a splatoon ripoff but if From the Square humans Enix? were <laughs> if the humans were rendered to look like overwatch people uh... and it's uglier than that sounds um <laughs> oh on a side note did they they canceled the Overwatch 2 single player missions. Right? Oh yeah, that was incredible. It's like okay. Absolutely incredible. Sure. That was the justification they gave her why it had to be Overwatch 2 a numbered sequel. Yeah. <laughs> incredible. A plus tragic. Um it's actually extremely hard to uh for uh them to maintain talent at this point, which is likely why things like that are getting cut back and cancelled. Uh between uh being run by uh some sort of evil spirit and uh, the uh, Byzantine uh, and uh, often cruel work from home policies that are designed to force people back into the office, I guess, so that higher ups can uh, abuse them more effectively. Who can say? Uh, <laughs> Jesus, that's dark. Um, oh, that's horrible. It's, it's real dark. It's uh, true. But yeah, I, I, I wish it wasn't true. Um, uh, that, uh, everyone uh, in a management position in that company needs to uh, just be removed. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, Foam Stars uh, looks like uh, Splatoon meets Overwatch, and uh, that sounds just awful. Uh, it sounds like it was born in a marketing meeting. I don't suspect that that will be seeing a lot of long-term support it will come out and probably kind of hit with a thud and they'll give it like two seasons which i believe amounts to three months and then they will be announcing that uh we they were very excited to share the journey of foam stars with us and it will be shutting down in three months um <laughs> that would be that would be kind of the the assumed end point for that. 
Alright, I'm back. Oh, hey, you're back. Uh, you I didn't know you were gone. Are we going through Fireman's questions yet? No, no, we were busy dunking on foam stars. Oh, yeah, it looks terrible. It doesn't I even look terrible. He... It's boring. I think he really wants to talk about the new Assassin's Creed game, and that is part um, of the showcase that we're currently discussing. Yeah, we I the... suppose it's appropriate, but I have nothing to say yeah. about it. Sorry. Uh, I, my my response would be uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage uh, looks neat. I mean, mm-hmm. like I kind of miss the original. Somehow I've been able to miss the original kind of Assassin's Creed. Now that we've had, <laughs> Uh, three 100-hour RPGs in the franchise. Uh, those those can be kind of exhausting. So something that promises to be like a 20 to 25-hour open-world game, yeah, with like a cool, uh, you know, ancient Middle Eastern setting. Yeah, that's that sounds like something I'd be into. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I might I might pick up AC Mirage. Uh, I'll see how it turns out, but you know. Uh, I was I was always into that setting, which is why I was really excited for Assassin's Creed One, and then kind of disappointed when they went to a more like common for games Renaissance setting in mm. two. Not that two wasn't good, but it was like less interesting as a setting to me. Uh, it's the same reason why I loved Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah, same. Like that was that was a really cool setting. Like I, I really think that's a series that more than any kind of lives and dies by how much do I care about the setting of this one, yeah. which is why you get to something like Syndicate and it's like people say that's a good one and I don't care because Victorian like Industrial Revolution England is just not an interesting setting to mm-hmm. me. Uh, For me, I only liked Odyssey and Valhalla of, of Odyssey, all the ones I tried. So. Odyssey. Valhalla was a pretty neat setting as well. I was just tired. I did not have a hundred hours in me, but I should yeah. get back to it someday. Uh, oh my god, how many times is it going to advertise this f- fucking nightmarish-looking Dorito pizza at me? Dorito pizza. Yeah, don't. Don't. Oh, uh. uh, I don't want to think about it. Uh, okay. Uh. Okay. How long before marketing departments begin using fake leaks for hype and temporary stock increases? I assume by fake leaks you mean leaking something on purpose. Uh, and by that, I would say it's very occasionally. I think it's happened already. Uh, but I don't. I don't think it's ever going to be a core part of it. Uh, oh yeah, did we want to talk about the like wildly bad news that the Embracer Group had? No, I hadn't that? heard that. Uh, they had to deliver, I, I feel like this is probably the closest thing I can feel bad to a CEO of a multi-billion dollar company, but uh, dude had to deliver an investor's report uh, like six hours after a, a allegedly $2 billion contract fell through. Oh. What the fuck? What it the is F? anyone's guess as to... What like obviously they're not saying what the contract was, but their share dropped forty percent after that. Yikes! Uh, people have all sorts of guesses. the 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 big assumptions seem to be either Marvel or Star Wars in some fashion. That sounds likely. Uh, because they picked up some amount 
like some sort of negotiation for Marvel licensing after buying out Crystal Dynamics because that gave them a bunch of ongoing licenses that Square had with uh, Marvel for things like Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy, that sort of thing. Uh, that 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 could potentially be a deal of that magnitude. Uh, you know, that's that's a, that that would be. Uh, you know, split over many games, of course, but, you know, if you're working with Marvel, that's kind of what you're expected to do is mm. make a lot of games. Uh, so, potentially, that that could be uh, what it might have been. Like, the, the issue you run into when you try to diagnose what could possibly have caused this is there's not a lot of companies you could be working with that could potentially have put that kind of money on the table. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is that uh, <laughs> still the same company, but a different branch of it. Uh, it might have been to do with Star Wars because uh, the KOTOR remake seems to be in extreme trouble. Yeah. Uh, a, uh, a person who often seems to have uh, good insight into the goings-on at various uh, places, Jeff Grubb, recently said that he does not think that game will ever come out. Not be so, surprised. Yeah, that like that seems to be just a completely fucking cursed project. Um so if it does come out, I would not expect it before like twenty twenty seven. You know you know how you can tell that games maybe take too long now? Uh, mm-hmm. KOTOR Remake started development allegedly its pre-production in like 2018 or yes. 2019 and probably at the very earliest won't be out until 2027 I, I read something online and it, it basically indicated that um, if a game were to start development now it would probably be a PlayStation 6 game Yeah, <laughs> it would. Yeah. it would probably be targeting like a cross a, a cross console launch between PS5 and 6. Yeah. Like if you're starting a AAA game now, you're starting a game that's coming out in 5 years. Yep. Crazy. Like that's not sustainable for like a million reasons. Um Did I just but the run into I was a going fucking army? Was... What the fuck? Sorry. Distractions. The, the contrast the contrast I was going to draw was that uh I believe uh, the original Knights of the Old Republic essentially went, uh, was developed from tip to tail in about two years. Uh, video games are too big. Uh, yeah, we, like... Why I like my Switch. Yeah. Like, you the whole PlayStation... Sh- time. It's like, the, the PlayStation Showcase is like... Okay, so so we we already said that. Like, okay, how many of these games are actually exclusive? Most of them aren't, you know. And it's you like you can't afford to be, right? And but not only that, but like, remember on PlayStation Three and Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty? Remember how we got Uncharted One, Two, and Three, Killzone Two and Three? We got all those Gears of War games. It's like. It's like holy shit! Like so many there dormant f- franchises, and we don't. There are four we... Gears of War games on the on the 360. Like, so, 
like and that was already reaching a tipping point of maybe being a little too much but like i i, I can't even like this is not sustainable like number go down please uh did i cut out or no oh you're still here. i don't okay. want something like every year but i also don't want to have to wait five to like a whole decade or five to ten years for the rest of my natural life right like th there doesn't need to be a call of duty game every year that's pointless but then you look at like blizzard it's like 10 years or more between diablo games it's like well that's not good either and they're the same company now and it's just like well like what the fuck like <laughs> It's, it's not a, there a, has to be a compromise in there somewhere, you know? Whereas over here in a different corner of the planet, we have got a, a company that's been producing one of its series every single year for the last 25 years. Gus. That one's terrifying. Though, <laughs> uh, no, I, I still really like the... I mean, I, I sent you the that review for the Callista Particle, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. That just, like, rapidly turns into just talking about Adelaide. <laughs> I mean, the, the first paragraph was just like, yeah, I'd rather, I'm going to go back to playing Atelier. <laughs> yeah, that was a game that people dumped like four, four, four and a half, five years of their lives into. And it's just like, it immediately came out, underperformed, was a blip on the radar, and probably like is awaiting, you know, at least three or four years before it even potentially has a sequel. Yep. Uh, and as the review was quick to point out, it's like, it just didn't seem to have any to it yeah it's because it's, like the other thing that you'll see is that these the, the game triple a games getting so taking so long to make is also part of why you're seeing all of these uh games that like seem like they're chasing trends from five years ago because that's when the design of the game was set in motion and because the management involved is more concerned with chasing the trends than actually trying to think of something interesting to put into the game. But even if you, like, yeah, and, that, and that's true, but I, on some level it's like, I, you'd have to be clairvoyant to have a guess as to what video games are going to be like in 2028. Like, I've got I mean, no guesses at that. I guess, so I guess part of the point is, Tim, I mean... It's like people who tried to um, write to, to genre for fiction, where mm -hmm. they're trying to predict what's going to be the next cool or interesting... Yeah, what'll be the thing when I'm finished with this? Exactly, and that's the wrong way to think. What you need to think is, this is a cool idea, I want to do something with this, let's see what I can do. Yeah, and, um, you know... If you it, do it well enough, nobody cares if the trend is slightly over. Yeah, and like, really... Or if the never happened in the first place. Yeah, really, the issue comes down to like, uh, you know, the the vast majority of uh, current like major publishing is super hit driven and super blockbuster uh, focused. Mm -hmm. You can see like it's uh, it's fully become the entire ethos of Sony as a publisher and platform holder. Uh, to to drag up the the bedraggled corpse of uh like unsubstantiated rumors about that kotor remake that's in so much trouble allegedly a big issue that that game ran into was that sony was a big backer on it and their 
they saw it and said it didn't look cinematic enough. It needed to be more cinematic. And oh God. Games need to be less cinematic. That would That's also another be nice. Cause those are expensive and time. Me. Those are expensive right. and time consuming. Uh, like I still haven't finished the previous God of War game because it's just nothing but walking and talking and and cutscenes and and. Uh, imagine, know, uh, imagine how much better a game Forbidden West would have been if instead of having to make it look prettier, they could make it play better. <laughs> That's true too. Like the gra the graphical arms race kind of just needs to like people sort of need to stop because it's it's not healthy for anyone involved and it's and attempting to win it is uh, destroying everyone involved. I also think it's had no. diminishing returns for a long time. Oh, now. extremely. Yeah. Extremely. yeah say, I, I remember I remember seeing like Xbox 360 games in the store years back and thinking, okay, they were seriously reaching diminishing returns at this point, and that was. I'm not sure how long ago that was at this point. Yeah, that story no like, longer exists. Yeah, it'd be so, at least 12 yeah. years ago at this point. <laughs> but also and noting then, that somehow yeah. I've gotten Twitter to, to show me nothing but lots of pixel-based art for the longest time now, and I'm really happy with this. Yeah. These are all just fun-looking little games that vary from everywhere between actual Game Boy original to not quite sure what this is, but it's adorable. Mm -hmm. To Right. And to... none of it is what you would call high-end graphics by current industry standards, and it's still awesome. Yeah. So, but like, I mean, okay. Indie and in the past, which look like amazing. Are we losing Joe? Yeah, Joe seems to be cutting it out. No. No, my internet's being stupid today. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, better now? Yeah, yes. Be back. Okay. No, but I was just saying, it's like, you know, yeah, we're complaining about like AAA games, and meanwhile, the indie scene is thriving, you know? You know, so yeah. I was gushing about Signalist, and we have Tunic, was a big hit last well, year. And, yeah. I mean, we could talk yeah. about that and, and just, if you look back a few years ago, where a game that was essentially developed for Wii U kind of shat all over all these other AAA games. But to, to even go further than that, because, like, you know, th this is going to reveal, like, my personal damage, but uh, when I'm when I'm looking at, like, say, you know, the new, uh, like, the new stuff from Square, like, for Spoken or FF16, and I look back at, like, FF fifteen from like six years ago. It's like I, I couldn't say why people would say one of these particularly looks more technically accomplished than the other. They all kind of just plateaued at some point. <laughs> yeah. Like we we finally hit a point of diminishing returns such that I don't know what hairs are being split. <laughs> Mostly in the processing of how much we can put on at one time and how far the maps go, I guess. Something like that. The thing is that FF15 is already like a huge open game. Like, that's why I didn't say FF13. <laughs> uh, I'm, like like, so I'm playing Rise of 3, and just the maps on that game are insane. It's like one yeah, quarter like... of the game is still larger than any other game in the series to date. 
Yeah, like at, at this point, like it's you know, you can make it's it's very rare to see a game from a major publisher that doesn't look good. Uh, you know, cer- certainly like that takes a lot of effort, but like the drive to be more detailed is like destructive at this stage, <laughs> like act- actively destructive, like not just silly, but damaging. And then you get uh, into some of the fans who are, the more you give them, the more hypercritical they become. Oh yeah. They're, they're broken. Uh, head. <laughs> it was like, um. I'm still remembering Zero Dawn, where heroin. Oh, was when people were going, were going nuts over reused animation from that in Forbidden West. Forbidden what? Whichever one, uh, whichever one it was, where they were the some guy was going critical mass over the fact that heroin was detailed so accurately that she actually had peach fuzz. Yeah, as as humans do. Um... <laughs> and, and for some reason, he was like, "Why'd they put a mustache on her?" I'm like, "What in the world are you talking about, dude?" Yeah, no, he's that's such a certain no, kind of internet. You have never had close contact with a woman before. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> really telling this on was, this was a ma- I remember for like half a half a beat, this was just a massive thing that people were yelling about, and like, dudes, really. Now they're yelling because she kisses a girl in the expansion. So the, they'll yeah. they will never be happy. Um, no. Of course not. This is why you should not be chasing the trends so much because you are never yeah. going to be able to catch it. And then the same if thing happened do, with Last of Us Part Two. And Last of Us Part Two, mm-hmm. they said Abby's arms are too big. It's like okay, yeah, the, these people are not worth listening to or thinking. No. <laughs> this is why I'm much happier now that I'm not on Twitter. It's also true. Um, like I said, somehow I've managed to curate myself into sim- to nothing more than tabletop artwork and pixel graphics, and I'm like, I have never been happier here. Um, the only time I see anything outside of this into the truly negative zone is usually when somebody like Beat is commenting very sarcastically on something. And I'm like, okay, but now Beat decided to scream at something. I guess this is happening. <laughs> It's like, oh, Beat's uh, screaming at this, look at this. Okay, I am blocking this person reg- that Beat is screaming I at. I regret this. looking at this now. <laughs> uh, Beat is but... screaming at this person, I block them. It's simple. It works very it's, nicely. It's usually a wise Smart. choice. Uh, he, he's, one but... of my, he's one of my metrics that I use for determining whether or not I want to be involved with something. Like <laughs> I'll let him know that. I'm sure he'll be proud. Um, but, like yeah. it's, it's worth keeping him and a few others on my regular contacts list just because it's like, okay. <laughs> It's That's how much I don't need to care about this thing. That... To ignore. Yeah. But yeah, um, but yeah, that that really that really got away <laughs> away from me. <laughs> so, uh, just this the whole rant about the uh, self destruction of the AAA uh, <laughs> video game industry. Um, it was I mean, appropriate. It's a slow burn. You know? Yeah, yeah. It, like this was this was the most uh, appropriate time to bring it up. Everything is uh, everything's dying. Everything's exploding. Everything is uh, reaching the point of complete unsustainability. It's fine. Um, Everything is fine. It's reached that previously, and yet somehow people are ignoring reaching and going further. <laughs> if we just pump more rocket fuel into this, we will eventually reach space. Um, oh, the the Granted, live service bubble has man. burst, so it's clearly we need to make more of them. That's like that's the thing I was getting at though. With like the you need to predict things is that like all of these probably made sense when someone greenlit them in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. 
<laughs> oh, it's dark. Oh. Remember how... God, I'm still thinking about the fucking uh, multiverses, the uh, Warner Brothers Smash Bro- free-to-play Smash Brothers knockoff that... Uh, they took when... it offline to work on it some more. Yeah. No, it's even it's even wilder to me because it's like it was officially it was in beta, but it had multiple seasons of live service content, and then yeah. once it dropped below a, t- a tiny threshold of players, they said well, it's in beta. We're com- we'll come back in a year, and it's just one of those things where it's like you did not ever want to. You wanted to just eventually one day say it's no longer in beta, uh, but. Uh, it turned out that saying it's in beta and we're taking it offline was the easiest way to save face because it was no longer like bringing in any kind of numbers. That's very depressing. Uh, but yeah, like I'm sure that, you know, five years ago when that Suicide Squad game, no, no, that's being generous. Seven years ago when that Suicide Squad game was being pitched, it made sense to try to make it have some sort of live service element and now they are having to uh, live with the the nightmare of that decision, and I feel terrible for the people who had to make it, who probably mm. saw the have probably seen this coming over the past at least three years, and know that there is no way to convince the higher ups to let them stop. <laughs> I just finish it, right? Yeah. They just yeah. have to push it out the door and uh, hope that they have jobs afterwards. It's like I don't know. I just um. I was watching the Harley Quinn animated series, season three. That was fun. I liked it, and I'm like, this is what I want. I play as Harley. I've got King Shark, Clayface, and Poison Ivy backing me up. I'm like, so, you know, we talk about, okay, they couldn't have known that the Guardians of the Galaxy game was going to be a huge hit or that Avengers was going to kind of fail. But I'm like, okay. You've Guardians of the Galaxy was not a huge hit, dude. Yeah, that actually bombed. Yeah, that did oh, not so well. Oh, but it got well. good reviews. Yeah, no, but no one bought reviews, it. But... <laughs> no one uh, bought right. it. Wheels, Wheels bought 1,500 copies of it. Uh, well, but my point is, enough. I'm like, I'm like, I want a single-player offline game where I play as Harley Quinn based on the cartoon series, and I've got this team of people that I can give them orders, that's what I want to play. I don't want live service crap. I don't care about the Suicide Squad well, movies, you know? We, like... we must return to a period where you would look at a genre and be like, if we make this on... If we make a normal-ass video game on a budget of X number of dollars over the course of two and a half years and put it on a shelf, uh, it will sell X number of copies, and that will get us our uh, the amount we spent plus you know fifty percent more or whatever, and that will be good enough. That is yeah. right. That is the healthy business. That is a, a relatively healthy business practice. Yes. Also, uh, I appreciate your desire for a Harley Quinn game, but can can we get like some superhero games before they start doing that? It would be nice to have an can actual we, goddamn. Can we get like a, a Justice League game or a fucking Flash game before we do the Suicide uh, Squad murdering the Justice League? That like, is so wild. What the that fuck? Is a good point. Yes. <laughs> there is a kill the Justice League game. The last actual Justice League game was uh, approximately twenty years ago. It was a PS2 game that no one played and no one liked. Well, 
surprisingly, that's not actually true. The but they, they barely advertise this game because it's a, it's a, uh, partially for kids. And that's, oh, that's are you thinking of the uh, Justice called? League Cosmic Chaos, which just came out like a month yeah. or two ago? Yeah, that like if you're a child who's in the target demographic, you've probably heard of it. Uh, but there's just this assumption that adults don't want to play yeah. as Superman. They want to murder him yeah. in cold blood. I've played that game a bit too. It's got like some of the best DC voice actors and all kinds of references for people like us. Oh, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. No, it's, it was made by people like us. It's quite charming. Don't ignore it if you're a fan of DC stuff, is what I'm saying. But yeah. What kind of game American is it? American cultural assumption of hyperaggression. Uh, it's. Um, I'm trying the best way to describe it. It's just kind of like a fun little adventure action game. That that sort of mold. Yeah. <laughs> Open world-ish, but not really. Yeah, that's what I'd expect. Yeah. I'd say it's like... Uh, I don't know, like the writing of one of those good Lego games, but with much better gameplay. Hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. It's fun, and it does have difficulty levels if you're worried that it's going to be too kiddy of a game. I'm I'm not typically worried about that, but yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, maybe I'll give that a shot sometime. But yeah, it's one of those things like, you know, that, that came out and honestly will probably make back its money much more than yeah. this Suicide Squad yep. game hope because they spent so much goddamn money on it, and it's going to just eat absolute shit and like 50% of Rock City is going to get laid off and it's going to be a nightmare. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. Just uh, despairing tonight. This is the despair Warner night. Warner Brothers will still fly around in his private jet and go around <laughs> in, his, in his yacht and you know life goes on. Well I mean, the... I mean honestly the guy that's now taking over a lot of this Warner Brothers shit I think would actually like more to just make a, phys- a physical single player game you can throw in a store and make lots of money because that seems to be the thing based on this, what they're doing with uh, I almost called it HBO Max with Max I'm I'm absolutely still losing my mind at them clearly having spent uh, the better part of a year making lists of these are the people that will be listed as creators rather than directors and producers. And then uh, putting that out and people immediately being like, yo, what the fuck? (laughs) And then them being like, technical oversight. We're fixing it. The, uh, the story I have heard that seems the most likely is that they wanted to make it seem uh, like scripted and unscripted content were more similar. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> because Close. he's really into reality shows. Yes, I've seen that. I don't like it. I liked where HBO Max was going. It was, and it was, now... going, it was going nice places, and now it's not. Well, <sighs> as we talked about the live service bubble bursting the streaming service bubble is bursting as well and i don't think uh hbo max was headed to anywhere in the realm of what we would call profitability <laughs> i don't think any of them is Maybe yeah i don't think plus, so even that not so much like the the thing that it seems like the uh 
let's i'm gonna put like a hard like five more more minutes of this yeah, and then we fine. move on that's fine. uh the the thing that's the companies don't seem to have realized is how much the uh how much more expensive the infrastructure is to run a streaming service yeah they they kind of didn't need to think about infrastructure to nearly the same degree in terms of expense of of providing data to homes when they were just like we have a cable server and we have a cable channel or we have an over-the-air network like those those were in terms of cost those did not scale up <laughs> but the more people that you have using a streaming service the more server farms the more energy like the more your infrastructure grows more and more complex and more and more expensive yeah so huh. You end up in this like hellish uh, situation where it's like, and none of them really has a good way of cooling back off. And, you know, like it was possible to do that, uh, you, you know, for when it, when it was Netflix, where it was like, here, there's like one or two streamers that mostly licenses content and licensing isn't cheap but it's not nearly as expensive as production mm. but when you're constantly doing production and you're seeing the seesawing amount of like oh as it turns out when someone when the streaming service doesn't have what they want people just cancel it because it's its own bill rather than like being part of a cable package or something uh, are we just going to so, end up back in a world where we're buying streaming packages just like we were buying cable packages? Oh yeah, it's just going to be way more expensive. Um, I used like to all think, the why can't we just buy the channels we want and here it is, you here. know, now it's $5 for this one and, you know, Paramount Plus is $5 and Netflix is I wish 20. they were only $5. <laughs> I know, and Hulu is is nine or ten now and disney plus is 11 or 12 now and it's just like oh okay i got what i always wished for and now it's like oh this is the monkey's paw curls yeah. yes so y'all are making me so happy i have not bothered yeah it's uh there's there's a reason that i don't typically subscribe to these and i just leech off whoever thanks wheels <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> and i have time to watch all this shit because i don't have children <laughs> Yeah, I, say, um, I have TiVo and Disney Channel, so that's most of our watching over here is just stuff hey, on Disney Channel. You're free. That's that's fine, man. I mean, honestly, the only services I get any enjoyment out of at this point are Disney Plus and Funimation. Yeah, <sighs> I use I use Hulu to watch Frasier, and I use Peacock to watch Everybody Loves Raymond. I've been using oh my, my brother's. I use Disney Plus to watch The Simpsons. I've been using my brother's stolen Hulu account. Well, it wasn't stolen. I'm just using his password. I've been using my brother's Hulu password to rewatch Always Sunny. That's been fun. Oh, that's a good choice. So, so then, like, so cloud gaming is kind of having similar issues to like, you know, other well, cloud gaming will streaming. have that issue if it ever actually reaches a point of <laughs> if it goes anywhere. popular enough. Oh my god. Did I see somewhere that like Sony's floating the idea of a cloud-based portable? It's well, by floating we mean already doing it. It's more like a Wii U gamepad that you buy separately. Yeah. 
that's uh, the problem. It's so they haven't said that it's going to be cloud so far. They've just said it's for PS5 remote play, and you have to be on Wi-Fi. But now they're saying you have to be near it, near the console. I'm like, so it's Wii U. What? The yeah, fuck? we we have successfully reconstructed the Wii. U. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I, I, because a while uh, back I had said, why doesn't Sony do like a portable PS4 that can maybe play all like natively play old consoles and then just do remote play for PS5? And they're like, no, it's we'll do PS5. that last thing. Yeah, PS5 remote play only. And I'm like, like if it does cloud, that's good. But then you still need what the PlayStation Plus Premium package for that? It's like yeah. what the fuck. Oh, Fireminer had a comment before we moved on. He says, it turns out that Cave already figured out a sustainable business model decades ago, and that's why I still use cable. And uh, I'm going to not mention your last comment there. Yeah. To save you from any potential legal prosecution. Who can who can say what that last sentence was? But, yes, um, indeed. Trends are cyclical. Nothing makes sense. I mean, well, the they, cable they model doesn't necessarily make sense either. Like, there's a bunch of channels that simply should not exist. Oh, yeah, tons of them. But at the same time, they they you can see where money was made from them. Yeah. And the issue that streaming and a lot of current trends are running into is that they're all built around the idea that eventually they will make money. But, like, there's a big question mark between uh, where we are now and profitability. And there's like it's becoming more and more of a yawning chasm as people realize that there might not actually be a path between these two things like step one step two step three question 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 mark step four profit yeah like fully into that shit and uh it's it's a little nightmarish it's a little nightmarish Um, i mean i'm gonna enjoy all this star trek content as much as i can before it all falls horribly apart 20 years yes because this this can't possibly be making any money, can it? <laughs> like, the, the other thing, of course, is that all of these things have to inevitably eat their own tail even faster. Yeah. Uh, because in order to draw eyes, you need something that people remember from before. All of the things that they might have once learned to love were on services they've never heard of with names like Kazingle. And, uh, you know, that that inevitably uh, means that it has to draw from uh, places where a significant a, a, gro- a significant and growing portion of the audience that they are going to be trying to court uh, was not even born for and only has secondhand nostalgia for. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so that's dark as well. Um, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna move on because this has been a very depressing episode. We'll right. talk. Let's talk about the Spider-Man thing that they showed. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. We get like five minutes. Yes. We get five minutes of this. Okay, so <laughs> Spider-Man Two. They showed a big trailer, which, um, like they did with Spider-Man One, they're gonna do one of the cinematic sequences that these games have, which is like it's often like a chase sequence where you have to react as and chased after a villain or something like that and this one was pretty cool actually yeah it was switching between black suit peter parker and yeah. miles morales uh peter's doing all his peter's doing his proto venom shit and miles seems to be the more traditional spider-man in that sequence yeah 
uh, they're clearly fusing the, uh, in, I would say, a fairly clever fashion. They're fusing the uh, the lizard Kirk Connors storyline with the black suit because, like, the whole point of the black suit is that it heightens Peter's emotions. It makes them make very aggressive, maybe not great choices. Uh, and, like, the uh, Kirk Connors is one of those villains that, like, Peter always has, like, a very close connection and strong feelings of guilt around. Mm. So putting the two together makes perfect sense because you get, like, something that's already heightening his emotions that makes it so that people don't necessarily question as much the influence the black suit is having on him. Uh, so that looks cool. There's, like, a brief... Uh, segment where they were showing Craven the Hunter uh, to Wheels' chagrin. Yeah. Uh, and presumably there will be probably at least one or two other villains because that's how these typically roll. Uh, I'm still hoping for the big wheel, but who can say? Uh, that would that feels like something they, they would put. Hmm? Trying to remember... I remember there was like a specific name for that kind of one-wheeled vehicle where you're sitting inside the center of the wheel. I yeah, I have no idea what it would be called, but yeah, that is what it is. <laughs> Pretty sure there was an exact name for it. I may even remember where I saw it in a book. I'm going to have to go search that again sometime. But yeah, for those who don't know, uh, the big wheel is a not quite one-off Spider-Man villain that was just a gangster in... One of in, like sitting inside of a giant wheel vehicle full of guns, mm. and it was an idea that was considered so profoundly lame, even by the standards of like Silver Age comics, that he showed up decades later as a one-off gag about the idea of like a guy trying to reform from being a villain and being part of an organization called Villainon. <laughs> Uh, Which, I mean, to be fair, Ma the Marvel Universe would so definitely have that. A hundred percent. But, you know, just one of those things that like feels like, I, I suspect that before we're done with Insomniac Spider-Man games, they will have at least referenced the big wheel, because there's a lot of like uh, one-off references and gags and just references to villains that weren't even in uh the PS4 mm -hmm. Spider-Man game in the PS4 Spider-Man game. Remember when there's like this honestly kind of nightmarish sequence? If you find one of Peter's old backpacks that just shows that like the earthly remains of the Sandman are just being kept in a beaker uh, hidden in a fucking uh, yeah. uh, backpack that like presumably still sentient, presumably still alive, but just trapped there presumably forever. <laughs> nice. That was fucked up. That was a little also, weird. I'm just remembering, there were a lot of hints that the Kingpin was going to be back at the end of Spider-Man 1, so I wonder if they're going to go someplace with that also. They they call out to that in Miles Morales, like he's trying to come back in that, and in one of the side, like one of the side mission chains, you kind of foil him. I'm not sure if that was meant to be a closer on that, or if they're just going to keep, uh, or if he's going to try to come back. We'll see. But yeah, uh, in conclusion, put Mysterio in there. Yes, please. Uh, even though it would... Oh, God. I was going to say, uh, after the uh, the MCU did a really cool job with M with Mysterio, I'd love to see a Insomniac take on Mysterio, though it might just end up being similar to the like Scorpion levels from the first Spider-Man game. 
Not that that would be bad. That would be pretty interesting, mm. actually. Even even if uh, it's impossible to outdo the uh, Spider-Man 2 movie game Mysterio boss fight. Just <laughs> still, uh, I think I've referenced this a number of times, but it's still one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> because it's, you find him like holding up a corner store at the end of that storyline. <laughs> and you, you know, you uh, swing in to fight him. And it shows like a boss health meter appear below him. And it fills up once, then it fills up again, and it fills up a third time. And then you run up and punch him in the face, and all three of them immediately <laughs> deplete. <laughs> because he's fucking Mysterio. Uh, he's, he doesn't have any superpowers, he's just a dude. That's great. Hmm. <sighs> but, yeah. Loma Mysterio. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I, really, I did like how they did him in the second movie. It's very cool. It's a very hard villain to do in like a big movie like that, and the way they did it was pretty cool. And I was like, I just remember he was when he was thanking his staff after the big reveal, and he's like, "And special thanks go to Janet for coming up with a backstory that no one in their right mind should ever have believed, <laughs> but that's just the world we live in." I'm like, that's just Fair perfect. Point. But yeah, there's there's a lot of like, as much as uh, they used, like they immediately reached Sinister Six in the first Spider-Man, they still have tons of like Spider-Man villains that have not been tapped because Spider-Man has like a gigantic rogues gallery of at least recognizable dudes. Yeah. Uh, when When is Rhino? When is Rhino? Who can say? I remember Shocker being in the last one. Was Electro in there? I think he was. Yeah, he was. Um, Shocker was in the fir- was in um, Homecoming. He was. No, I'm talking about the PS4 different... game. Sorry, I'm, I I have no idea about the game. So I'm just talking about the movie. Yeah, Rhino was in there too. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. Oh yeah. Was he? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, Rhino. He was also in Miles Morales. Yeah, I remember he had, like a special juiced up suit. Yeah, because he's like with the with the evil Marvel Corporation whose name escapes me. Wasn't Alchemax, was it? No. No, it's Roxon? Yeah, Roxon. Yeah. Uh where's fucking God, I'm just gonna start pulling out really shitty ones. I won't do that. I'm choosing not to. Uh I think Mephisto. Let's do some Mephisto story. Let's let's not do that. Did they do uh, the kangaroo? They did do vulture, right? Yeah, because he was like that was one of the ones where it was like Doc Doc Ox like deal with him was like I'll fix your cancer or whatever. I'm bringing some Miles villains or some Miles characters that would be cool too. Like in the comics, oh, he's, I, he's, I expect we'll get at least a few of those. In the comics, he's currently dating. Well, actually, I'm like. Ten issues currently behind. Yeah, ten, ten issues months. behind or so. Uh, he was dating the granddaughter of the vulture, which is actually oh, a hero. Like he that's builds fun. his granddaughter a suit and she becomes a hero. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm sure that when we get to Insomniac Spider Man three, we're gonna be staring down the barrel of a Venom and Carnage storyline. Yes, and then let's get Red Goblin in there too. That would be cool. So maybe <laughs> You you are just champing at the bit for Green Goblin to be in too. Yes, yes. 
but where's the hobgoblin? Well, you have to have the <laughs> goblin first. <laughs> where's the hobgoblin? You can't have the hobgoblin without the goblin. Come on now. Jeez, I don't know about that. Uh, you do need something for the hobgoblin to be copying. Yes, to hob. I'm trying to see what other weirdo villains we can I think. There's no shortage of them. Just pick random yeah. animal and say, that's the villain. You could trick someone. I was going to say Tombstone, but he they did him in the DLC. Yeah, they did, they did just 100% yeah. Tombstone. Yeah. There's a really cool story with him uh, last year. And amazing. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty cool uh, villain when they use him right. Mm-hmm. Steal someone else's villains. Galactus is here now for some reason. <laughs> I want to do a Punisher storyline, or don't, because I hate the fucking Punisher. Bring do a Punisher storyline, but only based off one of the storylines people that love the Punisher really hate, like the one where he's like a weird avenging angel who's a zombie. <laughs> nice. Remember when that happened? Uh, no. Well, now you do. Oh man, oh, it's just reading uh, Spider-Man twenty ninety nine and. The 299 version of Punisher showed up, and he's just like a corporate shill. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, 299, I'm glad that's gonna get it to do in the yeah. movie. But yeah, okay, we, we've talked enough about Spider-Man. Uh, we're gonna... Uh, I know that Fireminer put like a bazillion questions in the... Uh, in the Discord, we will get to them next week. I want to hit one question as part of our New Year's resolution. Hit one question on the big list, and then we will hit the next week. We will go at the uh, at the at the ones that are in Discord from a few days ago, like uh, we're killing cats. Did we miss any of those questions in chat? I know you asked something about Dragon Quest Builders Three. Oh yeah, it was just would it be completely overshadowed by Tears of the Kingdom? And it's like I don't like. There's no continuity to the things that you make in Tears of the Kingdom. They're purpose-built for a purpose, and then they kind of go away. And I feel like that's what separates it from something like a Minecraft, where like you're kind of trying to build something for the sake of continuity in those. Yeah. So I don't feel like they hit the same uh, demographics. Uh, not, not to say they don't hit the same demographics. I don't feel like they fulfill the same needs. Hmm. Uh... Make sure the one which the Punishers lectured cops and enjoy the rage of the blue line. Okay, yeah, good point, Fireminer. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh... Punisher is not a role model, kids. <laughs> and he's okay. well aware that he's not a role model. Yes. He really doesn't like the idea of being a role model. Okay, we're going to hit some quick ones. Uh, is there any explanation besides Nickelodeon for the 90s obsession with ooze? Um, uh, children love things that piss their parents off, and parents were not fans of ooze at the time. That's it. I found, That's out, it. I found out that Britain has its own word for the stuff. Is it glop? I hope it's glop. It's gunge. Oh, gunge. gunge. Yeah, oh, I like that. I enjoy that. At some point in a story, if I ever actually have to differentiate between creature slimes and stuff that somebody accidentally fell into, I'm going to be using Gunge. <laughs> that does remind me of uh, 
I believe <laughs> FF uh, FF seven uh, referred to the English translation of it referred to uh, <laughs> referred to Odin's attack as Gunschlance. Nice. Which gives because it because somebody severely messed up Gungnir, right? Yeah, but it's one of those things where it's like that gives it a truly off-putting <laughs> implication. Yep. Oh man, Pew has a new name for this Zelda game. What's that? Zelda. If it works, it works. Yeah, that's fair. It's hundred percent. That's how it's built. Yeah. Oh, did did you see yeah. this? Someone said it was it done works, like a it year. It's stupid and it works, and it's not stupid. Yeah. Saw somewhere that like they said the game was basically done a year ago, and they spent all that extra time uh, polishing it. Polishing yeah. it. Which that I was believe. definitely a wise choice. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, that's that's healthy in dev just in general, uh, but especially for something that's going to be doing this amount of physics fuckery. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But the other thing you run into is that, like, because Nintendo generally has an idea, had, like, a very strong idea of what was going to be out in 2022, there was no need to hotshot this out in order to make sure that it can actually, uh, in order to make sure that they had something to release. They were able to even hot potato around Xenoblade 3 and uh, Splatoon 3 to give Splatoon 3 a bit more time in the oven because they already knew that Xenoblade 3 was done. <laughs> like they... I think Nintendo's on a different level when it comes to logistics in this department because they don't have to worry about what the other major companies are doing when they are the major company. Mm. It's that, and it's also that they are a company that more than any other has been consistently punished by the market for not having things coming out on a consistent basis. And so are in a position where they are a company fully ready and willing to hold the game back to make sure that they don't have a software drought of six months. Mm -hmm. And that's so why... Like, um, like most companies would have to worry about one or two IPs, but Nintendo's got how many major series available? Many. First party? Dozens. Yeah. And, and they've got it spread out enough that they can, they can plan better. They can afford yeah. it to plan better. They like can say, well, like, okay, you can wonder which big releases are coming out at any given time, but they are most of the big releases. Yeah, like I'd fully suspect that either a mainline Mario or a mainline Mario Kart is going to headline the Switch successor's launch because they've just had a long time to just let those teams cook and do whatever they're doing. <laughs> uh because it's like, well, we don't need this to be out now. We've got like a bazillion other things that will sell well. Um, but yeah, that's you know, if you if you're gonna be making games like Zelda that took five years, it's like you need to have that level of planning in order to keep track of what else you're doing. Because Jesus, <laughs> otherwise you end up you, the the worst place you can be is at a point where it's like. Well, we no longer can afford to let this sit because we do not have the time. We do not have anything else. We we need this quarter to not completely destroy itself. But yeah, let's hit uh, one more question and then call it a night. Um, 
It's getting late. Um, Microsoft, I have known about the existence of a Microsoft account for many years. Why are you telling me about this now? Um, okay. Uh, in the case of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Power Rangers, the production team had no money at all, and it showed, but at least they sincerely made an effort. Is there any TV show, movie, game, etc., which essentially says, yeah, this thing is garbage, we put in no effort, and you should feel bad for picking it up. Case in point, the TMNT live concerts. Uh, uh, Drakengard would be probably my best argument. <laughs> hey, I saw that in a game store the other day for like $70. I can't imagine being ripped off in such a fashion, but like that's a game that was made with like brutal antipathy for the game for the genre it was in. So probably the closest thing I can think of. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's pretty hard for this sort of thing to see the shelf, uh, unless it's. Uh, like you know, a, a essentially a joke game, uh, like the like old flash games you would find that were just like progress quest or whatever, where like the entire joke was just like this mechanic sucks, stop doing it. Uh, you could run into some other stuff like Spec Ops: The Line, which is very well constructed, so it doesn't really fit this, but it is one of those things where it's like an argument against its own creation. Uh, just abusing this man now. Um, <laughs> yes. But yeah. Uh, <sighs> it's, it's it's pretty limited a number of number of games that I can think of where uh, everyone involved just had direct antipathy for it you can you can find it more in uh old uh british computer games uh, oh, yes. you'll, you'll run into a lot of stuff where it's just like i didn't want to make this and i don't care and you should not have bought it uh this is actually reminding me of a novel mm-hmm. did i ever mention the novel jpod i think I, I think you've mentioned it once but it's been a while like the um the main character and his can't really call them friends, but his closest associates are just one small department in a software company. Mm -hmm. The the eponymous uh, JPod. And it's considered like a dead end spot that is like the black hole of the company. But they are mm -hmm. in a Kafka esque situation where they are constantly being the game that they're supposed to be working on keeps constantly getting re redefined seemingly at random and partly because their current manager is like insane. Um, he's actually let, he's actually less insane after he develops a heroin ad addiction, oddly enough. Oof. Really? <laughs> it's crazy. But in out of pure spite at the world, they start um, they hate this games that they're supposedly making so much. They create a secondary game in the game to spite the company it's all about a um, like murderous sort of satanic psychopathic Ronald McDonald huh. it's, just, it's, it's just this 
like they put all the antipathy that they could possibly have towards their company into this random thing that they were doing in their off hours just to, as a middle finger to sanity that they have to work with on a daily basis and um the at the end of the the book they are actually able to pull it out and uh, it ends up getting published <laughs> as after everything else is after half the company is collapsing around them and the bosses are looking for something to put out and they've got this game <laughs> yeah no. so it's not, it's not a book mm-hmm uh so i was thinking like i was thinking on a statement that i was when i tossed off like uh, some old british computer game and i was reminded of a uh, game called don't buy this Mm -hmm. uh, which was indeed an old zx spectrum game uh it consisted of five games that had been submitted to publisher firebird uh that they considered to be among the poorest they had received. Uh, they Are they any worse than Scar- Stargazer? Uh, they're less, I would say. Stargazer is trying things. None of these are really trying things. Um, but don't buy this was, you know, like they, because like the world of British PC games at the time was such that you just had tons of like 12 year olds submitting games to publishers and sometimes <laughs> getting them published. Uh, don't buy this with basically, they took five of those, they disowned copyright on them, smacked them on a cassette tape and sold it. And uh, they have names like Fido Puppy Power and Fruit Machine. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, wow old that is old as new again that's that sounds like something out of steam right now yeah a little bit uh and basically uh the the entire uh thing was just them selling it's making you pay like three pounds to see how fascinatingly shitty some of the things they were getting were <laughs> and it's uh you know it it definitely reeks of no one from point to point ever caring and thinking you were stupid for buying it. <laughs> so I think it fits the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see the the full list of games involved, uh, which on the the uh, packaging itself says caution: this cassette this cassette contains the most five of the most uninspired games ever to disgrace the forty eight k spectrum. Uh, <laughs> you had Race Ace, Fido One, Weasel Willy, Fido Two, Puppy Power, and Fruit Machine. Uh, this is probably the beginning of the end of games as you have known them. You have been warned. <laughs> uh, five games. Uh, okay, yeah, and then it tells you how to load them. Blah blah blah. blah. Uh, and Firebird disowns all copyrights in this product. It may be copied, lent, hired, or transmitted. It will. If the program is faulty, please place sticky tape over the lug holes and use it as a blank tape. This offer does not affect your <laughs> statutory consumer rights. So, yeah. Uh, it's It was something. Uh <laughs> 
Uh, Firebird Software is compiling a special library of complaints regarding the low quality of the games included in Don't Buy This. Please send your <laughs> observations on a clean sheet of paper to I Didn't Buy This, Firebird Software, Wellington House, Upper St. Martin's Lane, London, WC2H90, uh, yeah, 90L. If we really like your complaint, please keep it clean. We will award you with a super I didn't buy this badger sticker, depending on what we have in stock at the time. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's probably the most blatant. Like the person who put this on a in a shop thinks you're stupid if you bought it. Um, <laughs> so that's uh, that's Brandon, my best answer. Brandon, I, I did actually put money up for for Stargazer, so I mean, I might actually. <laughs> I, or at least I know people who might actually buy that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's a little fascinating. One of the games is impossible. <laughs> it's a racing game, but uh, the opponents always accelerate faster than you do, no matter how fast you set yourself at. So it's impossible. It. <laughs> um, but yeah. So yeah, that's that would be my selection for a game where no one from tip to tail ever cared and uh, they think you're stupid if you bought it. So there we go. There's our questions answered. I promise that we will answer the questions in the Discord next week, but it is quite late at this point. Holy yeah, let's wrap this okay, up. Okay, so, yeah, we're going to wrap this up. Gaijin, tell me where I can learn more about Princesses and Pizza Parlors. Yeah, Ooh. so... So we have Princesses of the Pizza Parlor available on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited. Um, if you are a fan of tabletop gaming, if you enjoy watching other people play tabletop games, and this is a thing, this busy post-whatever world we live in, um, if you don't mind doing this in print format of one kind or another, because who can afford audiobooks? Honestly, seriously, oh no. Um, then we have Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, which has, uh, the, let's count the episodes, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, click, okay, going to be 11 in about 12 hours. Oh, yeah. Um, so, um, let's, let's call it 11 episodes now, three side quests, a paralogue, or if you just prefer Dead Tree format, that's currently four volumes and working, four paperback volumes and working on the fifth. Over, I mean, printing costs will change on June twentieth. So, um, let's be honest: the ebooks uh, e actually be better royalties. Mm -hmm. It's just really nice to be able to look at a bookshelf and say, "Hey, I've got those. <laughs> I did this." And um, in in a self in a uh, indie publishing world that is being right right here, um, increasingly threatened by um, by uh, so-called writing tools. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, if you absolutely need to see the receipts, I have actual manuscript, as in literally handwritten first drafts for pretty much everything, and I have pictures, so I can prove it. Thank you. Um, yeah, not, not looking forward to the day where I'm going to have to actually put what was handwritten in the first draft by an actual human person. <laughs> um, the description line, but it will probably be necessary at some point. Yeah. So anyway, um, this is of the pizza parlor on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited. At least five magnitudes 
greater than anything that a chat GPT program could ever produce. Make that six Seriously. magnitudes. At six magnitudes. Go for it. Um, mm-hmm. Go for the gold. I go for the gold here. And, uh, I mean, it's... When you're starting pretty close to zero, everything's going to be a couple magnitudes larger. Um, and, uh, so, yes, so... This is pizza, magic, mayhem, um... Tabletop. Stuff. <laughs> uh, not enough... Not enough uh, ratings and reviews, because there's never enough ratings or reviews. Plus, I'm still rather ticked at that one, whoever it was, who gave me a one star earlier this month. Fucker. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, dude, if you're going to give me a one star rating, please actually put a review on, mm. really, so I can laugh at it better. And, uh, up, up to this point, my mm. lowest review was a three star, where the person actually did put a, ra- a review on the or ranking, and now that review is... To... Now that review is being paraphrased that ninety percent word for word in episode eleven. <laughs> you can uh, you can see it too. Yes. But, yeah. Okay. Uh let's see. But yeah, I think that uh oh yeah, we need to do the other stuff. Uh, Joe seems to have disappeared into the ether, but we will... He did it uh, like 40 minutes ago. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, but uh, just, to, just to give him one last plug, you can find him at twitch.tv slash smokinjoegamer. <sighs> I believe that is uh, just capital where it would make sense for them to be. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, give, give the streams a watch. Uh, on they're generally good times and uh there's a youtube channel by the same name you can catch uh vods for those uh as for uh us we do uh sorry my brain is fried um we do uh q a quest recordings thursdays at 9 p.m pacific midnight eastern uh those are uh if you can get into the if you get into the chat you can always ask us questions the way that uh dear friend fireminer does thank you for all the questions this week uh you can also obviously uh <laughs> can also just bully wheels like all of wheels friends in the chat tend to do that's always a good time when, so. we, when we yell at him to go to bed because it is 2 15 a.m where you live wheels. you're not the boss of me and i'm not so big excuse me do not give yeah. me any sound song prompts okay i will keep singing them at you Okay, so we're moving on. Okay, to get this done, uh, you can also watch the fine uh, people of RP Gamer. They uh, stream uh, at many hours of the day and night. Uh, I I have trouble keeping track because, well, I'm working a lot of hours of the, of the day and night. So, but you know, uh, you can uh, just just check in every so often. There's bound to be stuff you'll like if if you're bothering to listen to this podcast. There's bound to be stuff on RP Gamer that you'll enjoy. Uh, you can also join the Discord. Uh, you can ask us questions there, uh, as dear friend Fireminer does. 
uh, and sometimes other people as well. Always happy when that happens. Uh, you can join the Discord by going to rpgamer.com and clicking on the community tab, and you can invite to the Discord. It's a lovely community, even if you don't, uh, even if you don't intend to uh, ask us questions. Uh, we also do another show called uh, Sunday Night Shenanigans that happens fittingly enough on Sunday nights, uh, nine Pacific, uh, midnight Eastern, much as Q and A Quest does on Thursdays. Uh, I think we're just gonna try to finish a Resident Evil this week. Yes, that's the plan. Yeah, so I'm just gonna try to finish Resident Evil Village. That might even actually happen. So. Uh, <laughs> But, and that'll that'll be over a long weekend, so we won't even have to yell at wheels about uh, going to bed faster. So, sure. uh, yeah. So that's 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 your Q and A quest this week. Uh, I'm very tired. So see you, Space Cowboys. See ya.